So, I'm going to, I've got three points today, and in a minute I'm going to invite you children to move to the side to help me with these three points. Um, and uh, my really hope is that all of us can get these three points as we focus in on what, the, uh, on what Jesus offers us, what the risen Jesus offers us this Easter. The first thing that I'm going to try and point us to right throughout this passage in Luke 24 is that the risen Jesus offers us his presence. His presence. When he came to the frightened disciples, uh, second point, what was the first thing he said to them? It was another P. Can any of you who are not my children tell me what that P is, Joe? Peace. The risen Jesus offers his presence and the risen Jesus comes along and says, peace be with you. One of the final things that he said to them just just at the end of the reading was he said, wait here because you're going to receive something else. It was another P. Did any of you get it? Yes. One of you. What did you say? Power. Excellent. The risen Jesus this morning offers all of us his presence. He offers us peace and he offers us power. Now, all those who are at school, please go to this side here where you are going to help us all, hopefully by the end of the service, really make sure that we remember those three words. Because you're going to do some beautiful posters for us that will have those three words. Presence, peace, and power. And while the children work quietly away, um, hopefully the rest of us will really be able to focus in on what this passage has for us as we think through these three words. Let me turn you first of all then to those initial verses in Luke 24, which we saw right at the start of our time together. These women, they were away searching and in verse 2 we read, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Those women, they were looking for Jesus' body. They wanted to find Jesus present, albeit that they thought he would be dead. But we read in verse 2 that they were looking for Jesus in the wrong place. And the obvious question that's come to me as I've prepared this, as I've thought about the wonder of Easter and the offer that Jesus makes to come alongside and be present with me in my every situation is do I sometimes look for him in the wrong place? Maybe sometimes I assume that he is only found when I come to church. Or maybe sometimes I don't bother looking for him at all. Maybe sometimes I live my life as though he is not alive, as though he is not present. Or maybe sometimes through chasing wealth, through chasing power, through getting caught up in the busyness of life, I find that I am searching in the wrong place and I'm not finding the risen Jesus. Let's carry on in our passage because in verse uh, 13 onwards, as we enter into the story of the two people on the road to Emmaus, we find these wonderful words in verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, so there are these two, they're on a seven mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They're very sad because they're talking about all of the events that have taken place around the death of Jesus Christ. They had hoped that he was going to be the one who would be Messiah, the one who would be Savior, and they're having this conversation, and they're having their walk. And as this happens, verse 15, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. Just a walk, nothing very spiritual, not going to the place of worship, just a walk. But that Easter day, Jesus himself 
presences himself among them and walks with them. Just a conversation, just the two of them, or so they thought. But they're joined by a third person. They're joined by the risen, present Lord Jesus, who comes along and walks with them. And yet we read for some reason that that, at that point, they were kept from recognizing him. And again, the question comes to my mind uh, around whether we might both be looking for Jesus in the wrong place, yes, or whether sometimes we are failing to recognize the presence of Jesus right next to us. Are there times where we might assume that we are alone, where we might assume that we are not engaged in any sort of activity that God could possibly be interested in or caring about. We're just walking. We're just talking. We're just going about our normal daily business. We're just working. We're just cleaning the house. We're just getting ready to sleep or we're just waking up. Is it possible that even in these situations... The risen Jesus wants to show us today that he is the one who wants to present presence himself with us. He is the one, after all, who was described as he came to earth as Emmanuel, God with us. And I hope that this morning we might recognize him, the risen Jesus, as the one who is still Emmanuel, God with us us. Let's carry on in our story as we come to uh, these wonderful verses as, as, as this stranger to them, Jesus himself, tells them or seeks to explain to them that they shouldn't be surprised by what has happened. Because actually the scriptures of old had been full of uh, prophecies around what would happen to the Messiah, around how he must suffer, around how he must die a sacrificial death in which he would uh, pay for the sins of all uh, those who would eventually trust him. And in verse 30, having urged this stranger to stay with him, uh, he takes bread, gives thanks, read it with me if you can, uh, breaks the bread and begins to give it to them. And then in verse 31, then that then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Isn't it interesting that it's as Jesus takes bread and as he offers them bread that day that their eyes are opened And they recognize that this is not just a stranger. They recognize that actually Jesus is alive and has been present with them. He offers them bread. In the same way, Jesus today, as some have already remembered and as we remembered on Friday, offers us bread. He offers us bread and he invites us to gather He says, where two or three gather together in his name, there he will be among them. And there we can take bread still. And as we take bread, we can remember his body. We can remember his death for us. And we can take the cup and we can remember his blood shed for us. 
And get this, in just the same way as Jesus was present with those two as they took bread, Jesus offers to be present with us as we take bread together. And it's not the case that it's just the, it's just the fact that Jesus will be present with us in that moment of communion as we take bread. The wonderful truth of the risen Jesus told time and time again as we look at our New Testaments at the unfolding of the story of Christianity is that Jesus offers to be present with us and indeed offers to join us in our meal times and indeed invites himself Uh, If we will only allow him to be present with us as we take bread. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Jesus speaking to a church that has not allowed him uh, his place. Maybe somebody could get the door please. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person. And they with me. The risen Jesus. Can we pause? Can we shut out any other distractions? Can we think about our hearts and lives this morning? Where is Jesus? Does he have a place right at the center of our lives? Are we conscious of his presence? Or is it possibly the case that he's been shut outside? Maybe forever. Maybe only more recently through whatever's been going on in our lives that you know about and that God knows about. If that's the case, is it possible that today we can hear him, we can sense him in our worship, in our reading, we can know our spirits are telling us that he is standing outside the door knocking. And he's saying he wants us to experience for the first time or once again the joy of his presence. He wants us to know what it is to have Jesus right beside us. He wants us to know what it is to have a saviour. He wants us to know what it is not to journey through life alone, but to have that Lord and saviour present with us. As I was reflecting on this, um, I thought of a book that I've been reading over the last couple of weeks on holiday. It's the story of Saru. It's also now the film Lion. It's a story of a five-year-old boy in India who gets lost on a long, long train journey, right? And he ends up adopted um, in Australia. And the story uh, centers around his attempts to find his family back in India 25 years later. And there was one bit of the story that really moved me. I found myself with a, with a tear in my eye. I must be getting a bit emotional uh, these days. As um, it's the point where the mother, who has given up all hope of ever seeing her son again, right? The mother assumes her son is dead 25 years later. The mother suddenly, in a normal everyday kind of day, doing her normal things in a small village in India, sees this boy approach her. And she knows immediately that this boy is her long lost son. And she says this. He reports that she said, as I walked towards her, she was shivering. She felt cold. She had thunder in her head. And he says, I had thunder in my head 
2. That little phrase, that idea of that, that image of the reuniting of the mother and the son 25 years later, the thunder in the head that they both had, reminds me a little bit about what those two on the road to Emmaus said as they realized that actually the person who had come alongside them was the risen Jesus. And they said, were not our hearts burning within us as he talked to us? Didn't we have thunder in our heads as we realized that actually it was the risen Jesus who was present, who was walking alongside us? They had only been without Jesus for a number of days, but they thought that all hope was gone. They thought that they would never, ever see him again. And yet a few days later, they were able to welcome him back into their presence as the, as the risen Lord, never again to die, the one who had beaten death. I wonder if some of us have been without Jesus for much more than a few days. I wonder if some of us are a bit more like the mother of Saru. I wonder if some of us have gone for 25 years or thereabouts, maybe more. 25 years, perhaps thinking that Jesus is dead. Perhaps thinking that Jesus is irrelevant. Perhaps thinking that we will never have any sort of relationship with Jesus. And my prayer this Easter Sunday, and the prayer of many others in this church here, is that we might recognize the risen Jesus as he walks towards us. As he steps towards us and says that he longs to have a relationship with us. As he's died to pay the price for our sin. As he's there to be our risen uh, Lord and Savior. And is it just possible that even today, whether we've never known him before. Or whether we just recognize that we've pushed him to the margins a bit. Despite being Christians, despite being those who have accepted Jesus as Savior. Is it just possible we could allow, we could allow the risen Jesus who wants to be present with us, the great I am, the one who is God with us. Could we just invite him to be present with us? Could we invite him to stand beside us? Could we invite him to have our lives, to have our all, to be our Lord, to be our savior? Maybe we could have thunder in our heads today. Maybe we could have uh, our hearts burning within us as the risen Jesus steps right into our situation. Could we believe that he absolutely can do that because he's every bit as alive today as he is um, in the passages that we're reading. The final opportunity then uh, when Jesus presences himself um, in Luke chapter 24 is there in verses 36 to 43. And we'll spend the last few minutes of our time looking at this uh, passage here. While they're still talking, Jesus stands among them. Do you notice that Jesus always seems to come in ways that people didn't expect and at times that people didn't quite expect? Tom Wright says this, Easter is always a surprise, whether in the sudden surges of God's grace, overturning tragedy in our own lives or in the world. Let's just dwell on that for a moment, because I pray, I long that some of us this morning might experience some surprise this Easter. Maybe this day doesn't need to just pan out exactly as we thought it probably would. 
Maybe Easter can be a surprise as we discover that Jesus wants to step into our situation and wants to stand right with us. Maybe we might discover a sudden surge of God's grace overturning tragedy in our own lives or in the world around us. And notice how Jesus comes to these disciples who are frightened and who are full of doubt. And I recognize it's ever so likely as I look around that some of you are full of doubt and skepticism this morning. And this service um, isn't the point at which we're going into all of the intellectual reasons as to why those of us who are Christians are convinced that there is a sound, robust intellectual case for celebrating as we do this morning. But what I do want to draw out is to point you to how Jesus dealt with the doubts that were there in the minds of those first followers. He didn't berate them for their doubts. He acknowledged that the doubts were there. And he says, I invite you to take a really good look. Tell you what, I know your doubts are there. Don't run away though. Just stay in this moment. Verse 39, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And if you're full of doubt this morning, if you're skeptical about this whole idea of Jesus being alive, of of Jesus from 2,000 years ago being present with us today, if you're skeptical about the idea of Easter surprises, if you're not convinced about the idea of sudden surges of God's grace, then can I encourage you not to run away, but to take some time today and in the week ahead, as it were, to look at his hands and feet And to touch him and see. The best way I can suggest for you to do that is to take one of these Gospels of Luke that are available on the way out. And just to take some time yourself to read it. Read it from cover to cover. And in so doing, perhaps you will be able to look at his hands and his feet. Perhaps you'll be able to touch him and see. And I pray that you might discover the risen Jesus, and his presence with you. Two things, as he presences himself, he offers, as hopefully we'll see in a few minutes from the children, he offers two things to these frightened disciples. And the first thing he offers in verse 36, and it's repeated time and time and time again as the offer of Jesus in the accounts of the resurrection, he says, peace be with you. He doesn't come to condemn. He comes to offer peace. Peace be with you. And I suppose we can think of a number of ways in which Jesus offers us peace even today. I want to turn you to the verse in the Bible, which is the verse that really opened up what being a Christian means for me. And I've shared this with some of you before. Was a verse that speaks about peace. And it's really the verse through which, as I reflected on, um, I realized for the first time with some degree of certainty that I was a Christian. And it's Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. I think I'd been looking for a kind of special experience. 
I've been looking for some special feelings, maybe a flash of light, a bit like sort of Paul, you know, on his way to uh, Tarsus, and I wasn't getting any feelings, and so I was thinking maybe I wasn't a Christian. And then I read this in Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe this is the verse that some of you need to allow just to sink into your hearts and minds. You might not be feeling that sense of God's very real presence, but God's word would remind us this morning that through faith in Jesus Christ, we have been justified. We have been made right with God. That it's not about what we do or how we feel or what we've done or what we will do. It's about what Jesus has done. It's about the fact that he has gone to the cross, that he has died, that he has taken our sin and shame, that he has risen from the dead, conquering death and hell and the grave. And now those of us who will simply trust in that, who will simply rely on him, God's word says, have been justified and through that now can experience peace with God. The risen Jesus comes to us today and says, peace be with you. Do you need to know that peace? In the midst of all of the restlessness of our lives and of the world around us, hear the risen Jesus say to you today, peace be with you. And it's peace with God. It's also peace despite the circumstances that we might find ourselves in today. It's a remarkable offer of peace, even in the middle of the crisis that we might be so conscious of this day. I'm sure like many, I've been reading of the terrible situation that our Christian brothers and sisters in Egypt have experienced just over the last week. As some of them going into a place of worship have found themselves killed or have lost families and loved ones and how can it be that even in that situation they go back to their places of worship today and they hear these words from the risen Jesus saying to them despite their situation peace be with you if those Christians in Egypt can enjoy something of the peace that the risen Jesus offers then so can we peace with God peace despite our situation and then finally this final um, thing this final offer this final blessing that Jesus pours out on his disciples that first Easter morning um, is set out as a promise at the end of the passage that Alistair read let's turn again to it in verse 46 he reminds them that the scriptures had said that the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead, and repentance and forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations. And he says, I am going to send you what my father has promised in verse 49, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I think we need to recognize this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago is the same power that is available to those of us who follow Jesus Christ today. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says this very, very clearly. He says, the Apostle Paul writing to that church in Ephesus says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and that you may know the incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. I think those are incredible words. I'm not sure I've really let that sink in. I'm not sure I've got the, the, the uh, do, do we really get the idea that the power that Jesus, that God exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power available to all of us. Available to us as we now seek to live with Jesus walking beside us. Available to us as we seek to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do, his word tells us. The same power is available to us as we seek to be his witnesses in our communities, in our schools, in our um, villages, in our towns, in this place, in our workplaces. The same power is available to us today. I noticed that one of the newspaper headlines this morning... The Sunday Herald says this on its page, at its front page, exclusive church in crisis. Ironically, I went to a news agent to try and buy the paper and they weren't even selling it. I think it's probably the newspaper that's in crisis due to falling circulation rather than the church that's in crisis. This church is not in crisis. Yes, there may be many uh, not attending church in this country for all sorts of reasons. But let's this Easter morning, not for a minute, think that the church is in crisis. Jesus Christ himself said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus Christ, the one who in his risen power presences himself among us, offers us his peace. And assures us of his power. Let's pause and let's pray together. Lord Jesus, at this moment, would you simply make us aware? Would you make us aware of your presence with us? Saviour. Healer. Lord. Would you help all of us to open the doors of our hearts and welcome you in? And would you help us to live this week as those who have the risen Lord present with us? Assure us all deep in our hearts of your peace this morning, God. Assure us despite our sin, our failure and rebellion. Assure us that as we turn to you, Lord Jesus, as our saviour, as we trust in all that you have done for us through your death and resurrection, we can experience peace. And empower us. Empower us as individuals and as a church to speak boldly for you. 
to do radical acts of kindness and mercy, to be your hands and feet in this world. We ask in Jesus' name.